Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host. And if you are new here, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. In this podcast, we rotate between five main topics, faith, finances, health, marriage, and mindset. The goal being that we are just working on becoming 1% better every single day in each of those areas. And then just that small, seemingly insignificant things that we're doing will compound over time. So between that and just taking extreme ownership of wherever we are in life, I believe that those two things will help drive positive generational change. Also, if you love this content, you guys, and you keep coming back week after week, could you do me a huge, huge favor? Scroll down just a little bit and rate this podcast. And if you really want to help a girl out, a podcast review is the love language in my business. Okay, so this week is marriage week, and we're going to be talking about divorce. Okay, (laughs) but before we dive into today's chat, I want to lay down a couple disclaimers, okay? Number one, I never advocate for any kind of mental, emotional, or physical abuse, all right? We're going to be talking about working on us a lot in this episode because that's kind of the vibe of this podcast in general, but also because we can't change anyone else right? Like we cannot change anyone else except for ourselves. With that said, as I am speaking about just focusing on yourself, it's with the assumption that no one in your relationship is being abused, right? You're just really two imperfect people going through the up and downs of life together. And number two, I have not been divorced, right? But I have grew up around it. I've grown up around it, right? This podcast is my perspective of how I've seen divorce kind of come to fruition. And in turn, things that uh, Justin and I look out for in our marriage. And obviously, this is not like a one size fits all do this and you'll never get divorced podcast episode. And number three, lastly, to all of my mamas on here who have been through divorce, or even if it's not divorce, you guys, even if it's like a, an end of a long-term significant relationship, just know that there is like grace upon grace upon grace for you here during this episode. Like I pray your feet are on solid grounds now and that you are just moving forward. And as I list, you know, things to do in our relationships now and yada, 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 it's not intended to make you feel like you didn't do any of those things or whatever, because I'm sure you did. So I pray you know my heart in this and know that this is not like a list of things that you shoulda, coulda, woulda done and things would have been different, right? Okay, so that's enough disclaimers. We're just going to jump right in. So have you ever been told or possibly said to yourself in your marriage that divorce is not an option or like maybe, oh, we don't say the D word, (laughs) So when I was 16, I'm going to tell you a story real quick. So when I was 16, Justin and I started dating. And I remember talking on the phone like late one night and I asked him what he wanted to do when he grew up. And he said, I don't know, but I would love to make enough money so that my wife could stay home with our kids if she wanted to. And, you know, assuming at 16, I would obviously be his wife. I said, um, no, just so you know, (laughs) if we got married, I would never stay home because if something happened and we got divorced, then I would like need something to fall back on financially speaking. And I, I mean, I said it just so nonchalantly and I remember him being completely dumbfounded. Like I'm pretty sure there was an awkward silence on the phone for a while. And he was like, wait, what? (laughs) Divorce is not an option. And I remember saying, um, yes, it absolutely is. (laughs) And He was taught 
that it wasn't. He was taught divorce is not an option, and he had never really seen it. But I grew up all around it. And we actually got married about five years after this conversation uh, took place, and his parents actually got divorced shortly after we got married. And it kind of rocked his world, right? Like as it does to any of us at any point in time. And I remember thinking that as perfect as my in-law's relationship seemed, that y'all like divorce actually is an option. It actually is an option. And as a teenager, I think I was a little jaded when I said divorce was an option. And what I think I was actually saying at 16 was that divorce was inevitable. But now as an adult, I don't think divorce is inevitable. But 10 years into marriage, I think that divorce being an option is less of me being jaded and more of me just being super, super intentional. Because here's the deal. I love my husband. (laughs) I love him so much and he loves me. But that doesn't mean, you guys, that we're immune to divorce. It doesn't mean that one day we couldn't be too far gone. And why? Because we're human. (laughs) We're selfish people. Like we're, we have egos that get in the way. We have a, you know, just outlook of like, I'm going to get mine and he's going to get his and that kind of thing subconsciously more than anything, right? Like none of us desire to be like selfish, (laughs) but we can absolutely be that. You guys know this. So divorce being an option to me just reminds me of how important it is to be intentional with our relationship. Like I don't walk around with a chip on my shoulder thinking it could never happen to us. It's the same reason I don't walk around with a chip on my shoulder thinking I could never fall into addiction. Like that runs in my family. I have to be aware. There is, I can't just say addiction's not an option. Um, Stephanie, it absolutely is. I can't just like close my eyes and hope that that is not a reality for me and and just, you know, go on with my life. I have to be intentional. I have to be aware. And so I feel like when you think that it, when when you literally have the approach of it's just not a freaking option, I don't know. It seems like a little arrogant to me. Like there's a difference in uh, being confident in your relationship, but confidence comes more from knowing you are both committed to a healthy, mostly happy, give and take marriage. And not just because divorce isn't an option. Like that's a, that's a fine line, but do you see how there's a difference in that? Like my mom, as we talked this week actually said, it's one thing to be committed to like the entity of marriage. It's another thing to be completely committed to the person within the marriage. Those are two different things. And when you hear about, you know, I don't know, an old couple saying they were married for 80 years and they hated each other the entire time and they were miserable most of their life, but hell, at least they, you know, stayed married. Like that's commitment to the marriage. But being married for 80 years to someone and of course going through like the ebbs and flows of life and what it takes to be with one person that long, then, but still always just being in pursuit of one another, like that is being committed to the person within the marriage. Hey guys, okay, so I'm popping in here real quick just to make sure that you have signed up for a free live class that I am teaching October 13th, 14th, and 16th. The class will be talking about three mindset shifts to start making right now to start winning with money. Money mindset, y'all, is a thing and it drives so much of our financial decisions and we don't even realize it. So head to simsarrows.com slash entrusted-webinar to sign up. Link is also gonna be in the show notes. All attendees will actually receive a free bonus just for showing up. 
And I want you there because I want you to really, really to your core understand what money mindset is and how it could be impacting your current financial decisions. So grab your favorite fall drink and come join us. Again, that is simsarrows.com slash entrusted webinar. Okay, so when people say marriage is hard, it can be hard for a lot of reasons, but I think one of the many reasons is that it takes insane focus and intentionality to really thrive day in and day out. Sure, there is like a comfort in our marriage or long-term relationship. Like it's not like we're on all the time, but it means that I am really aware all of the time. I talk specifically about what I do when Justin and I kind of get in this low spot and not just have a bad day or even a bad week, but you know, like once something becomes more than just an ebb and flow, you kind of get into a valley and you start to uh, stay there. <laughs> like it could be an argument where things were said on either side that couldn't be unsaid or I don't know. Sometimes we just get in a weird state where I'm annoyed all the time or he's annoyed all the time. It's really not often anymore, but you know what happens? It literally happens to everyone after a little while. And once the emotions of just being like pissed off or annoyed or angry start to fade a little, but kind of linger, I will start to get really antsy because I know I'm like, this is it. (laughs) This is going to be real dramatic. Okay, you guys, but this is it. Like, this is the kind of stuff that begins to build a wall in a marriage. This is what lays a brick down, so to speak. This is how I envision <laughs> envision like two people separating emotionally. Um, this is just by laying a brick wall down and that it's laid brick by brick, right? And so this specific brick, this specific fight may not matter because what what is one brick, right? That doesn't create a wall. But if we did this 20 times, it's going to compound. And at this point, like this is where Jesus becomes Lord in my marriage. And when I will lay my ego down and sit down with Justin to work out whatever the heck needs to be worked out. And I trust that he does the same, right? And I'm not going to go into those specific things on here that I will do, but episode 27, actually of this podcast, it's called finding your way back to grace. And it's all about this. So if you want to dive deeper into that conversation of how to kind of get out of a rut, not just an ebb and flow, a rut. Um, Go ahead, check out that episode. But the point stands. It's the little things that compound over time that lead to divorce. Like Rome wasn't built in a day, y'all. And rarely does a healthy marriage have one of the people wake up one day asking for a divorce. When have you ever heard that to be the the situation? Has it happened? I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure it's freaking happened. Okay. But that is very, very rare. So let's like Let's just talk through a made-up situation. Let's say a wife has an affair. Well, I'm going to assume she wasn't in a thriving marriage and then woke up one day and hooked up with someone, right? Like it's a slow fade, you guys, and a fade that tends to go under the radar. So I'm just going to keep elaborating on this story just to prove a point. So let's say this husband and wife were happy, but whenever like the wife wanted to talk about something, the husband felt like it was dumb or like, what? No, that's dumb. Like, it's not a big deal. Just get over it. Just who cares, right? That's kind of like his approach to what she wants to talk about and what she feels like is a big deal. So the wife kind of will feel lonely in this area. 
And then let's say at work, she starts talking with a coworker and they start kind of laughing about some things. They get along, they have some chemistry or whatever, innocently enough. And they start to just talk consistently. And she eventually will like bring up this thing that's really important to her, the thing that her husband couldn't care less about. And this coworker listens intently and just validates how she's feeling about said thing. And then they just keep talking and they're laughing. And all of a sudden he becomes a place where she feels heard and seen in an area that she needs to feel heard and seen in. Now, she had tried to go to her husband, right? Like she had approached her husband about whatever this topic is. Okay, get with me here. I'm making this all up. But she had gone to her husband and he had clearly not understood the importance of it, okay? Now, without realizing kind of what's happening, because we put blinders on, period. We're human, again. Remember, the slow fade that seems innocent enough begins to turn into an emotional affair. This could, you know, look like telling her husband, oh, everything's fine all the time because she is just kind of waiting until she gets to work so that she can sort everything out emotionally with this coworker. And then that emotional affair, affair met with, you know, maybe some drinks after work one day could lead to a physical affair. And now here we are. <laughs> so whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? Here's what I'm going to say. And you may not agree with this. Um, and again, listen, r- remind yourself of all of my discri- disclaimers at the front, at the front end of this episode. I would say it's both. I mean, it's 100% on the wife's decision to have an affair. That was her decision alone. You do not make someone have an affair. Can we all just agree with that? But, and here's the big but, her husband's actions made her more vulnerable to this. Her husband's actions made her more vulnerable to this. Now, again, I'm going to kill you guys with disclaimers because I really want you to know my heart behind this. It's just about taking extreme ownership of wherever you are, okay, and whatever your marriage looks like. So I'm not talking about two people who are married and miserable and one person is just a complete jerk and who is just like cheating every single day, day in and day out, like literally couldn't care less. I'm talking about two decent people who are in a marriage that end in some sort of infidelity or anything else that could lead to a separation. An affair is just an easy example. Okay, again, enough with the disclaimers. I just want to make sure we're on the same page because I'm kind of walking a fine line here. But you guys, this is why marriage is not 50-50. It is 100-100. You both have to show up. You both have to show up just about every day. We can have a couple off days. <laughs> but that's where their hundred's going to cover ours, right? This is why in our marriage, out-serving, out-loving, and out-giving are values that we have. Like if your husband wants to talk more or have more date nights away from the kids or has a love language of, I don't know, like getting gifts when you literally couldn't care less if someone got you a gift, then we got to do those things, right? Like we have to be paying attention to what they need and how they're responding because we're not mind readers. And I think that it's as adults in a committed relationship we're not, we're done with these mind games of like, oh, we well, should have known that I just, you know, needed a break. No, we are adults. We are women who take action. We are women who take responsibility. And so we say, hey, Justin, you know what? I need a freaking break. 
I don't know what that looks like. I need to go to Target. I need a girl's night. I need a three-day vacation away. Like I just, I need to go in my room while and take a nap. Like you need to communicate clearly. Okay. We're not playing this big guessing game anymore. So same thing goes for your husband. Like, do they need a guy's night out of the house away from us and away from the kids? Then plan something for them or suggest they do it. Like, we love that time away, moms. <laughs> it doesn't mean we love them or our kids any less. It's because we're humans and we need a freaking break sometimes. My One of my favorite quotes is that uh, love is an inner, I'm sorry, love is a limitless resource, but energy is not. Love is a limitless resource, but energy is not. It's okay to want to break. It's okay if our husbands want to break from us, okay? <laughs> we ain't cute all the time. It's fine. And so I hope that, you know, this will go both ways in your relationship. So if your love language is quality time and your husband doesn't really like need a ton of that, I hope that he makes it a priority. Like if you seem frazzled from the day, I hope he plans you a little girl's night out and offers to, you know, take the kids while you get time to reboot. And the point is, is that if you are super aware of your partner's needs and they are of yours and you work hard to genuinely meet them, then I would say you're off to a pretty great start. One of my favorite phrases to use, and uh, it was actually one of the to-dos in the five-day marriage challenge episode that we did, is to ask your spouse, hey, what can I take off your plate today? What can I take off your plate today? That question is so simple, yet incredibly, incredibly impactful. In fact, ask that today, you guys, and see what the response is. Ask it today and see what the response is. And so I'm sure the next kind of following conversation we need to have is, so what if you don't have a partner that is super aware of your needs or is kind of complacent and you can tell that your marriage is just kind of like going in the wrong direction. So let's chat through three things and then I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. So number one, and this is really for everyone, regardless of which way your marriage is heading, reprioritize each other. You guys, between kids and schedules and all life has to offer, sometimes we can be so focused on loving our kids that we kind of forget to love our spouse. Like we love him for the support that he gives us and, you know, the Netflix binges at night we get to cuddle up on the couch with. We love him for the job that he does and the way he supports the family financially. We love, you know, the way that he's a great dad and we love how he is with our kids. We love everything about the role he plays in our life. But sometimes we forget to love him as our husband. Not just the kid's dad, not our helper, but our husband. Like our partner in this life. It is so normal, you guys know this, especially after kids, to have your priorities shift to your children for a little while, especially with newborns. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like don't talk to me. I got, you know, a baby on a boob and it's just a whole thing. <laughs> but let's not forget to shift back into the intended order or hierarchy, which is God first, spouse second, kids third. And if you don't agree with me with that order, then we'll just agree to disagree. But I think one of the best things you can do for your children is to show them what a healthy relationships look like. 
And it always helps me to kind of imagine my boys grown up and married. Like, would I want any of my sons to be married to the absolute love of his life and then after kids become like an afterthought? Of course not. Of course not. Now, I would want them to be, my kids, you know, my boys, to be supportive and like cognizant that things will absolutely change after they have babies and to be sensitive of that and to have grace upon grace upon grace for their wives, of course. But like, dude, (laughs) fight for that date night. And honestly, like reminder of who she is outside of being a mom and boys, Sims boys, like you may need to fight a little harder on that one because it's so easy for us to lose ourselves in motherhood, right? Okay. And so number two, have fun together. (laughs) I think marriages are missing the fun sometimes, you guys. We get into a routine that's day in and day out, and there is really something beautiful and comfortable about the mundane and the security that comes with this, but complacency can also drive drive issues in a relationship. Like it can lose the fun. (laughs) So I don't know, like maybe once a month or every other month, like break out of the Netflix binge or the dinner and a movie rut and go like rock climbing or go ice skating or take a cooking class together or a painting class, like go shopping at an outlet mall or go to an arcade and drive go-karts, go play laser tag or putt-putt. Like just remember to laugh again, like really laugh with each other. And I know we're in like the middle of a daggone quarantine right now. So some of that stuff's not available, but you know what I mean? Like get creative, play ticket to ride, (laughs) have a game night, have a glass of wine. Like the kids are fine. We love them and they're fine. (laughs) So just be intentional about that time together to really enjoy each other. Not just necessarily like have a full packed day where you guys are running side by side and then just collapse and die at the end of the day on the couch together. That is all fine and good even like 80% of the time, especially when you have a lot of little ones. But every once in a while, like switch it up. Okay, number three, lastly, you do what you can do. That is all that anyone is asking. Okay, like trying to change your spouse is not only not going to get you anywhere, it's probably going to move you backwards. So you ask, hey, how can I help? You be kind. You plan a date night. You offer to go to counseling. You meet him where he's at. If he loves to watch baseball, take interest. If he loves to play video games, grab a controller, right? These kind of things break down walls and kind of breaks us out of our norm, which may look like you saying that, you know, gosh, I always freaking do everything and I hate baseball. I hate that you sit there and watch baseball all day and I hate that you sit there and play video games for so long and don't help me with whatever, right? Like that's what we can, (laughs) that's what they could possibly start to hear if that's a situation you're in. Now, listen, I'm not saying enable a grown man to play video games five hours a day. I'm going to leave my opinion on that one out of this episode. But the point is, is that you are going to put in the work regardless of what he does regardless of what he does. Again, refer back. I'm not talking about abusive relationships, emotionally, whatever. I am talking about two decent people who sometimes lose their way and are willing to fight to get back to it, okay? And so you might be thinking, I'm not freaking doing that. I'm not gonna sit here and I already do so much. I already do this. I already do that. He would never sit and you know do something that I love or whatever, whatever thoughts might be going through your mind. Let me lovingly say this. 
it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because you cannot change him. You can't. Period. The only control that you have is yourself. And so sometimes, again, we're not like, we have no control over how he, him being a jerk. Okay. But like, I think that sometimes it's like, well, you're a jerk. So I'm not doing this. And so I'm not doing this. So now you're a jerk again. And so then since you're this, we get on this crazy cycle where like our egos become so big and we're so jaded because we're like, man, (laughs) he needs to apologize first, or he needs to be coming back to me or I, you know, whatever you guys know this, we all get, we all get to this point at some point. It can't, like, somebody has to get off that, that freaking hamster wheel. Somebody has to first. And we, we wish that it would be him. We all do, right? But it has to be us. It can totally be him. Side note. <laughs> it can totally be him. But if it's not, it can be you. And there's strength in that. There's vulnerability in that. That is not weakness. Again, if we're not talking about any kind of abuse happening, that is not weakness. That is laying your ego down. What I was talking about earlier, that is Jesus becoming Lord in my life because, or in my marriage, because I am laying down my ego and what I feel like I deserve. And I am going to fight for our marriage because I love this man. And right now I don't like him. (laughs) I do like him right now. I'm just saying in general, but I'm willing to fight for us because I know that he is good. And I would say nine times out of 10, that vulnerability will like uh, spark this newfound relationship, right? It would just be like if he came to you and apologized or came to you and or, or started to do something or just, I don't know, was very considerate, very whatever, like that just that tear that melts down walls. And then not to get, you know, super depressing here, but if for whatever reason, he doesn't change. He doesn't do his part. He doesn't, you know, do something that will save or move your marriage forward in the right direction. And ultimately your marriage comes to an end. I mean, that is incredibly heartbreaking, but at least you're going to have some sliver of peace knowing that like you attempted everything that you were able to do and you cannot change him. So you are going to be able to let that go. So if y'all feel, you know, a drift happening, I want you to think about those three things. Number one, are your priorities or the hierarchy of your family out of whack? Understanding that there are seasons in motherhood where our husbands really kind of do take the back burner because we have a newborn or whatever else. Number two, are we intentionally having fun together? Number three, you do what you can to move forward without any expectation. All right, guys, I hope this episode reminded you that healthy marriages take intentional work and that it's the small things that we can do daily, like that quick text asking how we can take something off their plate. That adds up and in the end, really become the important things. Like we are not immune from divorce and y'all, I don't have all the answers, but I do know that I can send that text. I do know that I can schedule that date night, even if I'd rather stay home with the kids. I do know that I can plop down and watch the freaking reds because he loves them, even though I couldn't care less. I can do these little things. 
I also know how these little things will compound over time because I understand the compound effect. Uh, that's one of my favorite books from Darren Hardy. So it's not a perfect strategy. <laughs> it almost seems too simple, right? But it's practical and it's doable. And it also keeps me super focused on what I can do today to make a difference for our marriage tomorrow. Just 1% better is all I ask for myself. And I hope that's all that you ask for yourself. I mean, you guys, I know I've known people who were separated for nine months to a year, find their way back to each other just one step at a time. That is all we can do. All right, guys, I hope that you have an amazing, amazing week and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for letting me walk alongside you to help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.